Hello everybody, it's Tim here. Um, yeah, this is not an official podcast start. You might notice that from the episode title, which I, I think I'm going with uh, 18.xxxx, because that's an Australian reference. This week, Ben, is, as may have been previously mentioned, I really don't know anymore, uh, in Australia. Uh, so we present to you the Skype call we had uh, with occasional uh, drop-offs, which is me explaining how my life has been and Ben explaining how his life has been and we talk about a whole bunch of random things. I think there are some funny bits in there. Uh, I hope you find it uh, interesting. In a way, it's a look into something very unplanned and unstructured and the rest of it, but we wanted to give you something after missing last week and, you know, sometimes life gets in the way of podcasting. Who knew? Who knew that would be a thing that would happen? Uh, hopefully we'll be back with you soon with uh, something a bit more structured but you know we'll see uh hope you uh enjoy this little chat we have about ben doing psychology in australia and me still not doing so well at home okay have fun hello 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 oh you're just as cracking as that was excellent <laughs> You're quite quiet. I'm turning you up. Oh, don't, 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 don't. It's just, hang on. What happened with Dad was that I, uh, if I leap close to the, to the actual tablet for a while, then it sorted itself out, and then I could lean back more comfortably. Okay. Um, you are consistently crackly, though, which is a good thing. Um, right. So there's no danger of... Two thousand miles away crackly, as opposed to instant breaking up crackly. Yeah, well... You know, we got a new broadband server and router recently, and we assumed that, like, an eight years later router would be better, but we're dubious as to whether it is. But then it's proving impossible to now use our old router because it's all, like, automated settings and stuff. Mm. So I got somewhere, but not... I didn't actually get connected to the internet with the old router. Oh. Which is pretty stupid. That is annoying. And, you know, um, I called up the helpline. They told me the internet access, like, username and password, which is, you know, nice. Um, although I, I'm not confident that it is, like, the right one. But I can't really test it without risking, like, breaking our internet. Um, <laughs> but they can't tell me any of, like, the key setup data that I need, really, to set it up. Even though, at some point, right. they did do that. Anyway, that's not that interesting, but it is what I've been doing there. It is, it is a thing what has happened. Yes. Um, okay. Well, that sounds fun. Um, I'm in Australia. Yeah, that's pretty epic. <laughs> how is how is uh, Brisbane, isn't it, that you're in? Yeah, in like a little village outside it. Um, I'm actually staying in a college um, of the University of Queensland, um, and I'm sort of right next door to their main campus. Oh, lovely. Uh, and the, I mean, it is a very, very nice college. Um the main, the overriding feature of Australia is, oh my god, it's hot. Um, I've heard this. Which, yes, many, many people have said. They're in a heat um, wave at the moment, apparently, though. Are they really? I heard some oh, okay. people were going out. They were saying we're coming from, like, the coldest it's been in England to uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, hottest yeah. in Australia. It's just going to be... I mean, awesome. apparently it's been very wet as well. Okay. Um, and it was, it was kind of weird. It was sort of overcast this morning. I went out for an explore, which was bearable. Yeah. It's just very tip humid. But then when I was coming back, the, the overcastness went away, and it was just, oh, you, you literally are being, you're sort of 
being beaten down by the sun. Yeah, um, it's weird we ever kind of survived there as a nationality, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, there must be something genetic about it, because you couldn't, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't last here for very long. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's really cool. It's like, I was just talking to my dad and suggesting that the University of Queensland is kind of like a cross between uh, Oxford University, Essex University, and Colchester Zoo. Right. Um, <laughs> my three nearest points of reference. Yeah. Oxford University because it's very rich and and kind of nice and green and leafy and also because they have a, what is essentially a replica piece of Oxford University that they've tried to build. Of course, it. so many places um, seem to do that. Yeah, we well, can't imagine why. Um, Essex because it's actually like a campus university and there's all tower blocks and stuff. It's just nice um, and Colchester Zoo because instead of pigeons wandering around the food court, they have um, uh, Australian white ibises oh, which are like foot and a half tall with like long black curved beaks that hop up on your table and try and steal your sandwich yeah. um, and because I trod I nearly trod on like a foot and a half long iguana on the path when I was wandering up just you know the industrial access route to the university and there's just an iguana chilling on the path of course which was kind of awesome yeah um but yeah, there's there's not much else to report other than oh my god, it's so warm. <laughs> well, that is that is important. That is important research, really, isn't it? To uh... <laughs> although I suppose on the on the on the the research and the psychology front, having come to a uh, a conference about you know intergroup conflict and and prejudice and and racism and stuff, uh, I had did have a very racist taxi driver. Oh um, really? Oh yeah, the Australians have something of a reputation for that, don't they? Well, apparently, Dad was telling me that, that Queensland is like the, uh, what was it? His email told me it was the last apartheid state outside South Africa. And then uh, just a minute ago, he was saying it's, um, or at least it was, when with like unequal rights for Aborigines and things. Right. Um, and he's saying it's like, it's, like, it's like Texas, kind of. Okay. Um, the Texas of the South. Yeah. Oddly, I mean, the taxi driver wasn't being racist towards Aborigines, he's being racist towards Indians, which made me feel quite at home, because it, it, well, he was, you know, he was kind of what you might say, what a, what a London cabbie might say. Yeah. I don't know. Um, other than that, he was very friendly. He gave me a very, very good sort of, like, pointing out all the local landmarks. He was just, you know, also get, suggesting that I try and avoid getting in taxis driven by Indian people, because they don't know the way around. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's racist. It's it's good to be able to speak to you. You know, um, <laughs> has has been probably a little while, really. It has rather. And um, how, are you, how are you doing? You assuming that it, I mean I know how you're doing, but assuming this it actually does end up going out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be like the most informal chat. Um, but I think we always chat as if maybe one day someone's going to listen in, right? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still not brilliant because it's just sleep. I haven't had an yeah. uninterrupted night's sleep in a... It's probably only like two to three weeks, but the thing about insomnia is it feels like longer. Um, and yes. so I, I've had some medical assistance. Some of it has been 
constructive and helpful, and I've learned how to take tablets for the first time, which I've literally never done, which might tell you how... Never taken tablets? That's ridiculous. I, I usually just gritted my teeth and got through it, and that might tell you how, like, ill I've been, really. That is the explanation, the symbolic one, yeah. because I, I, I've learned that paracetamol isn't too bad to take. I'm not swallowing them properly, though. It's just like, you know, kind of swill it around with a ton of water, wait for it to break up. Not so much dissolve as just become a kind of suspension and then try and consume as much of the slightly glutinous liquid. So there's an image for all our, all our fans there, really, isn't it? That isn't necessarily the traditional, or, 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 or as some might call it, correct way of taking tablets. But uh, yeah, fair unfortunately, enough. Yeah, my, my, my tongue is my nemesis when it comes... Well, my body is a rebel no matter what I do. But when it comes to taking tablets to settle down the pain from one part of my body, um, my tongue is just like, Hey, Tim, the thing is really dangerous. Because that's how you tongue <laughs> you know? Uh, your, uh, your brain is the Sith Empire to your, uh, <laughs> to your body's rebel alliance. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know if I like that. Except that the rebels win in the end, except they perform a kind of more legitimate form of government. You know, the rebel alliance was a dictatorship. It didn't have democratically elected leaders. Wow. As, you know, the, 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 the Libya analogies are very kind of key in the... Uh, <laughs> to understand the Arab Spring, really, you have to understand the Galactic Civil War. That's my opinion. <laughs> Admittedly, it's my opinion on most politics. There's very little politics <laughs> that can't be explained using, you know, Star Wars. The analogy of Star Wars, yeah. i tell you what, I have, well. I have been watching... while Well, not so much while I've been ill, it's just like... When I'm ill, my inclination to even do such high-octane activities as play video games, like, strongly decreases. So I have watched a lot more TV. I've watched uh, The Thick of It, Season 1, and The Specials, which is sort of Season 2. Uh, oh, cool. Which is, it's a really good show. Um, it's not yes. as laugh-out-loud funny as the film In the Loop, which is obviously right. very similar. But it's very... I don't know. It's got that authenticity, like, right down. Just totally believable about right. the nonsense that goes on uh, in government. Um, Depressing believable, I imagine. <laughs> sometimes, yes. Uh, and sometimes hilarious. The tentatively related note was amongst the many films that I watched. Hi, again. I believe you were about Hello to say again. something about movies. I was, yes. I mean, so... Um, on the subject of um, realistic and accurate depictions of uh, corrupt and floundering organisations, I watched uh, The Ides of March. Oh, yes, uh, I've heard about it. George Clooney, isn't it? George Clooney and Ryan, uh, and Ryan Duckling doing his... Um, doing, like, politics and corruption, which is very good. And also, um, what was it called? Margin Call. Oh, yes. About the, uh, the, the financial company... Of ruining and the and the crisis over the course of one evening, which was amazingly good. Um, also, Jeremy Irons looks like my dad, which was gratifying. To watch. Oh yeah, I think you said this to me at some point, like on Google Chat or something, which yeah. I found quite weird. But then again, my, my, it's maybe just because my dad looks like a much less famous actor. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the actor. He was in the Bill or something, and people would always say, "Oh, it looks like your dad," but. Someone who is a cop in the bill is not exactly Jeremy Irons' level. No. I mean, he, um, I, I told this to Dad, and he wasn't entirely pleased with it, I have to say. Oh, really? Um, I'd be, I think that yeah, was cool. I, I thought it was, I mean, it's not, it's not complimentary or anti-complimentary, I thought. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't seem too chuffed, which is fair enough. 
Um, but yes, so film was very good. Also on the plane, yeah, it was like Ides of March, Moneyball, Wallace and Gromit, Curse the Were Rabbit, and Tintin. It's a um, pretty good set. Not, yeah, not bad. Like the, the selection was good. There was also Puss in Boots on there, but I didn't watch that because um, I wouldn't have been allowed into the country by by the girlfriend had I done so. Um, so that is very much on our to watch list. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, flight was flight was as okay as like a sixteen-hour flight can be. Um, also, Singapore Airport. My God, is that a nice airport? It is so lovely. It's just like, whereas sort of the English and Australian and American airports that I've been in are like, you know, they're, they're, they all look roughly the same and all, they all have that vague underlying aura of stress and potential immediate incarceration. Um, whereas Singapore, it's just like, there's all palm trees and like water features and, and little little fountains and and, you know, that it's all spacious and open and quiet and people are just sort of shuffling around in silence and, and then there's the, the nice kind of relaxing wind chimey Chinese music on in the background and they just feel relaxed there, man. And they have those those horizontal end escalator things to get you everywhere. I was like say. there is no <laughs> nowhere you can't get to using these horizontal escalators, which are amazing because if you get on them and keep walking, you're like walking at double pace, which completely screws with your brain's, you know, proprioception. Yeah. You're someone who hasn't travelled that much. So No. Um, no these not. things are amazing uh thrilling novelties, really, aren't they? Well exactly. I mean this is uh, it was like saying things like, oh, the, the, the British and American and, uh, and uh, Australian airports that I've been to, you know, in the last, like, month and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just interesting. I know they have the walkway ones in Geneva. Um, Geneva oh, okay. is the airport I've been to most frequently. It just makes me sound like I'm Brian Cox or <laughs> a guy who owns a private jet, um, <laughs> neither of which are true. It's just convenient to get to the part of France that we often go to yeah. uh, from Geneva uh, um, but they have, they have just like glittering watch and jewellery adverts on the side so it's kind of a blur of wealth as you kind of stride along feeling like the coolest guy <laughs> whereas I don't know yeah, what do they have in Singapore what, what, what's their big thing that they sell there apart from you know crypto fascism oh, I don't really know I mean the, on the subject just briefly in the escalators they have one or possibly two in Heathrow which get you from, like, the coach station to Terminal 3. Right. Um, but that's because it, it's, like, a really long way, and that's and it's in, like, it's like the equivalent of, like, in an underground station. Yeah. So it's not exactly swanky, whereas these were just, like, on the side of the main concourse um, in this big, like, departures area. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what they have in Singapore. But I mean, the adverts on Singapore Airlines, one of them... Was an advert for the Bank of Singapore, right? Which literally starts: "You're a rich man. You've always, you've always been a rich man." <laughs> and I think, I think the, it, the, it was sort of aiming to like explicitly go for the idea that richness comes from the you know the people around you and your families and stuff. But still, there was sort of the like the the super explicit. Uh, the super text, if you will, not the subtext, was "You're rich. Come with the Bank of Singapore." <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, for, for flying over the bay there, there were there were like 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really big like freightery ship type things, um, like just chilling in the bay, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah. So I don't think that has any bearing. You know, the only things I know about Singapore really are what happened there in the 50s and the 60s, uh, because my grandfather uh, served in the British military there, um, because in Malaysia we fought the uh, communists with the help of uh, Singapore, which I think had just about become becomes independent during that time. Um, Right. Uh, but in with much more success because basically the communists were part of you know an ethnic and political minority and the British while they had been colonial overlords were like tell you what don't go communist we'll give you independence and uh, you can keep all of the profitable like rubber and, and oil trade the Singaporeans were like eh, be ruled by like Maoist China or get independence even though the British have been a bit you know um, unthinking about taking all our resources we'll take the you know we'll take the independence option um, but yeah, so my grandfather did his national service there and my dad was born there uh, on the uh, airbase, which is not that far away from the airport, really, because uh, it is Changi Airport, isn't it? Yes. That's the yeah. One. Well, my dad was like, that's what it says on his passport, born Changi Hospital, Singapore. That's crazy. Which is weird because wow. it means that you've been there and I haven't. I really want to go. My cousin went like a couple of years back and saw like the streets <laughs> around where the old hospital was and that. And it's, you know just an amazing opportunity um, yeah. oh, well I'd recommend it the, the, the airport at least was very nice <laughs> um, it looks it looks like it, it, flying in over the city it's like it's a proper you know the entire thing is, is high rise flats kind of thing yeah. but it's not it's very sprawling but it's all you know looks like Lego bricks um, whereas I don't know coming in over Brisbane apart from that it was a night uh, it looked much more like coming in over London as in yeah not, not a huge amount. There's kind of one area of high-rise and the rest is just sprawl. Yeah. So, yeah, what is this conference you're going to actually about? I'm sure I knew at one point, but my brain is such a kind of mess at the moment that, you know, it's something psychological, right? Yeah, you probably don't know much more than me. It's the Society of Australasian Social Psychologists Summer School. Um, So, uh, we like... Hang on a sec. Huh. It's totally like hammering it down with rain outside which is awesome right um yeah it's like um uh there are sort of three streams amongst the people that are going and the one that i'm in is on like emotion and intergroup emotions and that sort of thing okay um, cool. emotions mediate intergroup and interpersonal relations which is not like it's not exactly the same as what my default is on but it's close enough and in Australia enough to warrant going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, I actually, you know, I genuinely don't really know what's going to happen when we're actually on the course. We haven't received an itinerary or anything. The only thing we know is that there's going to be a couple of sessions which are, like, to the whole group on, like, career development and getting published and getting a job with, like, a, a psychology doctorate, which is probably quite useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you and going to end then, up kind of absconding to Australia? Is this what the consequence is going to be? <laughs> I could not live here. No way. <laughs> I would be a, like a puddle of ginger pain within like mi- minutes of actually moving here. But it's cool. But, ah, that was that. And that's the, the crazy weird thing that I wanted to mention. So um, on the subject of computer games, which we weren't talking about. Um, <laughs> that's not even a belaboured segue. There's like there's no jingle for a... <laughs> just like abrupt yeah. here's a thing i want to talk about shut up the conversation 
This is an MC Escher uh, segue. <laughs> I've, I've walked up the stairs and come out of the... Yes, you were on some MC Escher stairs and something went horribly wrong. Have you fallen through kind of infinite dimensions now? Probably my own fault for mentioning it. Anyway, when I was looking into, like, what I could do in Brisbane, uh, like, what is exciting, what does Brisbane have, didn't really find anything of any use on the internet. But the one thing I did find out was, any of you uh, who are gamers may be aware of the work of one Yahtzee, um, who does he does a video series called Zero Punctuation for the Escapist website, which is a very, very funny, um, in quotes, review videos of, ver- of you know, new, new games that have come out. They, they're not really what proper reviews. It's basically, he is very, very, very cynical and amusingly uh, angry about pretty much every game that comes across his table. Um, and they are very, very, and very popular, very funny and very popular videos. And um, it turns out that he lives in Brisbane, which is crazy in and of itself, but also co-owns a bar in uh, in the city, which is called the Manor Bar, uh, and is a gaming-themed cocktail bar with, like, consoles around the walls and, like, gaming competitions and th- and all the drinks, like, themed after various different... Like, you can get a drink called a Princess Peach and stuff like this. Um, <laughs> That's great. Which is great, and it's it's crazy because, like, there is no... Other, that sounds amazing, and there's no other opportunity that I will likely ever get to go to this place. But it's a cocktail bar, and you don't really go to cocktail bars on your own, or at least I don't think I do. Um... So unless I can find somebody uh, on this course who is as big, if not a larger nerd than me, then uh, I will not get to go and see the man of all, which is tragic, really. You see, you shouldn't you shouldn't back down an opportunity just because you'll be alone. I know that's the sort of advice that I would definitely give. Well, like, yes, yeah, so don't this, don't stop doing yeah. that just because you'll be alone. How many you know concerts or things have just been like? It would be impossible to find someone to go with because of this, you know, the reasons of obscurity and taste. <laughs> I'm going anyway. <laughs> well, like, rock concerts and things I can completely understand and comedy gigs and all that. The thing is, like, a cocktail bar is by definition... It's a weird it's a weird juxtaposition there. A cocktail bar is by definition a social experience. Gaming is almost by definition an antisocial experience. Um, but I think the, 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 the kind of vibe of the place by the looks of things is not one which lends itself particularly well to, uh, to solo play, put it that way. Um... Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that I might be able to convince someone to go. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, and I'm making up for it by going to a koala sanctuary on Thursday. Oh, that's amazing! I know, right? Apparently, Queensland is like the koala capital of Australia, um, and they apparently also have kangaroos there. So I, I was say, like, there's only off. like seven different states. One of them had to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's the racism capital, the koala capital, according to my friend's dad, the skin cancer capital. Um, that's a lot of capitals um, that don't necessarily overlap very much. You know, you can't see the causal link between koalas, skin cancer, and racism, necessarily. I was going to say that sounds like that bit in that uh, song by Tim Minchin, you know, about uh, Islam, Bob the Builder, and uh, that uh, Australian patriotic song, Waltzing Matilda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if 
But maybe that is how Australia anyway. works. Maybe that is how Australia works, is you just take three random things and connect them up. Uh, like, uh, I don't know, I, I can't think of a f- third thing, because I was going to say, my uncle, horses, and uh, towns named after colours. My, <laughs> uncle, my uncle lives somewhere As far as near. I can tell, the, the Australian town naming convention is similar to the American one, in that it's you, you pick one of two options, and one of those options is just use an English town name. For example, my taxi driver uh, the other night lives in Ipswich, which is like <laughs> the next town along from where I live at home. And the, the place I'm going, uh, the, the, the research station that the course is in, is in Dunwich. Um, but then, whereas the American second option is, observe object in town, name town after object, like large tree or pine plains. Um, there is uh, in Australia it's collect random association of syllables and hurl them at the town and whatever sticks will be its name um, so the next the next town along is Toowong which is, is just wonderful to say <laughs> it does sound like a Pokemon it sounds like a what? a Pokemon it could be a Pokemon, an Australian Pokemon, like a wallaby <laughs> with like bee wings or something. Uh, why didn't we go into genetics? <laughs> exactly. We could change the world. Not that we're not changing the world right now. Like to go off on an Escher-esque tangent again. The um, have you seen the the. A new Sherlock Holmes series on the BBC. I certainly have. Yeah. Did you did you did you foresee the bit about the green fluorescent protein rabbit? Uh, I totally, totally called that. I, I did. <laughs> yes. Uh, because I'm aware of making things fluorescent green. Yes. Um, I've just read actually the uh, <laughs> original Conan Doyle Return of Sherlock Holmes. The stories that are right. the first ones that happen after the Reichenbach falls in the mm. books um, and it does involve actually Sherlock Holmes setting up a waxwork dummy of himself that then gets shot in the head to convince <laughs> Moriarty's right hand man that Sherlock Holmes despite having been alive again is now definitely dead again so that he can <laughs> then catch it's ridiculously convoluted so I do wonder you know Moffat says oh we filmed the scenes where sh- we show how Sherlock survives you know we didn't just like set it up like that and then we're going to have to write our way out of it they planned a way for it to work um, although I don't know what it will be and I'm sure it will be just because like Stephen Moffat has that tendency to be like amazing 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 one thing that makes it seem really stupid i.e. the final yeah. question in Doctor Who and the Sherlocked bit in uh, the Irene Adler episode yeah um I don't know. I, yeah, I, I I had a long conversation with with the girlfriend about this because you know, we both we were both big fans of the the um, TV show, and at this point we'd also seen the um, the Robert Downey Jr. one. Oh yeah, and like it, it's weird, like, but on, but on balance, I thought because the final TV show series episode and the the Robert Downey Jr. film are broadly speaking telling the same story or at least they're, they're referencing the same original story yes I, I have to say I actually preferred the um, the Guy Ritchie one. Oh, that's I, interesting I mean 
there is a lot a lot wrong with it, but and then there is a lot wrong with the TV series as well. But I found like the the way I, I kind of the the ways that they deviated from the source like made more sense and made a better kind of rounded narrative in the in the uh, Guy Ritchie one. Yeah. than they did in the Stephen Moffat one. The ways that like the way they deviated in the TV show actually kind of cheapened it, I thought, and cheapened the what happens at the end of the, the show and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it left me feeling slightly dissatisfied. Whereas the guy Richie one was okay, it was it was cheesy and cheap in a way, what they did but uh so skirting spoilers here. But it felt more satisfying than the than the okay. I haven't seen the Guy Ritchie ones, so I'll have to get around to that when they're on TV, probably. Do you ever have that kind of sense of ranking of films in your head? Clearly, with your global trotting, uh, you're going to have to include um, airplanes. <laughs> trotting? <laughs> I know, it's a, it's, it's, it was deliberate, it really was. Um, but, uh, you know, because I think, oh, that's a film I have to see at the cinema. Oh, that's a film that I'll buy on DVD. You know, oh, yeah. that's a film that I'll watch on TV. Um, yeah. Oh no! I'll record on TV, and then the third one is that's one that I'll watch a bit of if it's on the telly and there's nothing else on, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Someone said to me to the other day, it's just like, do you never watch television? It's like, well, I don't really watch much broadcast television. I record a ton of stuff and then create my own kind of viewing schedule. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it means that occasionally, uh, through you know, work and life and. Uh, sickness and health I uh, get exposed to things I wouldn't otherwise get exposed to uh, like loose women in which the term being exposed to was pretty much right on the money if you watched yesterday's episode which I imagine you didn't on account of being in Australia and that's the only reason why you wouldn't have <laughs> yeah I was going to say there are many there are, there are a long list of reasons why I didn't watch yesterday's episode of loose women <laughs> one of the minor the le- less important of which is the fact that I am 2,000 miles away from the UK I wonder if you get ITV player access out there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know either, and it seems unlikely that I'm going to find out for that reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? I think I think the way that we do it with the kind of not watching the sort of broadcast schedule, but then sort of queuing things as we as we desire to see them, is definitely the way to go because it means I think it, in general it raises the overall quality of the TV that you see whilst drastically reducing the spread in terms of quality because you get to see all the TV shows that you want to watch and you don't get to have to sit through any of the crap that you have to put up with if you're watching it on um, kind of by normal channels yeah but that is one thing I have been doing a lot whilst I was ill uh, because you know again convalescing I don't know what people did for convalescing before television um, <laughs> You know, this is why I'm an ardent supporter of the right for people to have free access to televisions in hospitals rather than just having to pay, uh, apparently, um, is because TV is very helpful when you just need enough stimulation to keep yourself from kind of malingering and thinking about how kind of rubbish you feel. But you can't really commit to anything more strenuous. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, Um, into this category comes the beauty of uh, challenge TV. Um, which is a kind of perennial favourite in our household on account of the fact that quiz shows are great. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've been running uh, the 1992 series of the quiz show Blockbusters, um, right. which is 
definitely made a very forceful entry into the list of my favourite quizzes. Not because it's necessarily, like, the best in terms of my usual quiz... My quiz axes of level of difficulty, number of questions, upon which uh, University Challenge pretty much ranks the highest. Um, Okay. (laughs) Because it is lots of quite high-level questions. Um... I suppose there must be something for interestingness of format, because I quite like uh, Pointless on the BBC as well. No, just going through all the quiz shows I like, because this is the sort of thing I've been this literally doing. Like, it's, it's pretty unlikely we're going to talk about any psychology here. <laughs> well, there is psychology involved, I just don't really understand any of it. I think... I ha- Actually, no, I did have a psychological theory watching Blockbusters, so I'll just explain why I love Blockbusters, and then <laughs> say something about that I thought about psychology while watching it. The thing <laughs> about Blockbusters is, it is so trapped in its era, the early 90s, the late 80s, that it is absolutely kind of a snapshot of the age. The host, Bob Holness, is quite kind of a kind of schoolmasterly, slightly self-deprecating, aware that people come on it with a slight sense of irony. And all of the contestants are six formers, so they're wearing the hippest 90s fashion, for the most part. Um, <laughs> but also, they have to be quite I nerdy. I, oh, it's ridiculous, like the clashes of colours, the horrendous t-shirts, the rest of it. I'm sure there was someone wearing a t-shirt the other day, and it was like just behind the desk. And then when he came out to do the like, you know, win the prizes, gold run bit, was it was some kind of heroin reference. And my dad was just like, ah, oh, I'm surprised they let him do that. This was like on ITV at seven o'clock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the fact that the six ones are slightly awkward, like some of them are a bit... Um, more confident but it usually ends up being kind of a bit embarrassing because the confident Mm. ones can't always back it up with their general knowledge but also they've had to do like extensive research because they talk to the contestants a bit and say oh these are your hobbies because that's how they work out the prizes all the prizes are like tailored to the person but because they're all like have like entered the show when they were in lower six and they're now like in upper six it's like oh so uh i hear you do sailing uh contestant number one not contestant number one i couldn't think of a name uh andrew and he's like oh yeah well i i did do a bit of sailing but really exams have gotten in the way and the number of people who it's just like oh that's quite sad they've got these amazing hobbies and they've come on this quiz show and most of them it's just like yeah schoolwork and exams and i used to and no i don't know if i'm that confident and it's like they've clearly had to have things to hang it on <laughs> it's truly bizarre but the questions are quite good and quite challenging as well so it's like this weird mix of ooh quiz 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 you know tactical play thing and then weird chat with strange people um, <laughs> but yeah I was sitting there watching it and um, I lose women really <laughs> yeah I suppose if, you know it's with a the strange people of the presenters yeah also the audience also the guests yes. but you know you can um, you can think okay so someone buzzes in right and then you know the question master eventually gets to them and sometimes they clearly must have known or thought they knew because they pressed the buzzer and this is true in so many quizzes obviously anything with like a quick fire buzzer thing um but they uh then they just it goes from them and i was sitting there thinking there must be a reason why it goes from them psychologically and neurologically there must be a reason why it goes from them and i thought if i was sitting there trying to to get this answer as soon as i press the buzzer i'd just be saying in my head over and over again if it was like you know pontificate i should be like pontificate pontificate don't forget pontificate and of course if you do that if you continually repeat a word as you'll know from you know i don't know that episode of friends um with the tartlets um i don't think the episode is actually called the one with the tartlets but it might be i can't remember um you know, if you repeat a word enough times, it starts to lose meaning. 
because you're kind of burning out the uh, ner- neurons kind of responsible for that word or the meaning. Um, you know, you're overloading them to the point at which they kind of the signal go just starts dropping again. And so I reckon what happens in quiz shows, this is my pet theory, quite pretty hard to do because it's hard to do an MRI scan with the pressure of a quiz show, you know. Unless it's actually the, the, the format. <laughs> oh, now there's a genius idea. I mean, a very expensive show, but a cool one nonetheless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Difficult to record as well with the whole noise thing. and. But... Uh, yeah, that, um, you know, they've repeated this word so many times that it's just kind of, it's overloaded the, well, yeah, it's the, like, signal strength in comparison to the other words around it has kind of gone down and suddenly you've lost it and you can't understand how it's gone from being right in your head to being just behind kind of the tip of your tongue. So, yeah, I did have one psychological thought, literally one. <laughs> that was it. Um and then you know. the fewest the fewest psychological theories we've had in any any podcast related talk so far which is kind of good possibly I'm sure I could try and think of something else but you know the trouble I is think it's a reasonable uh, time to have a low point when you you, you know you, you're cripplingly ill and I'm in Australia <laughs> yeah I think I'd rather be in your shoes hmm it is really warm though true I don't like it being really warm but it's cold here and cold it's you know. Yeah, I've heard apparently you're looking, your snow is ever more increasingly. I think there's been snow in like Wales, but no one really cares when there's snow in Wales. <laughs> this is so true. Um, yeah, we've we had, had we've a had conversation just like... in, in someone's room the other the other week back in Oxford, and we were talking about like what constitutes being British or, or a UK citizen, and some like a bunch of people were like, well. Uh, uh, he, this guy considers himself Irish, uh, but he's a, or he considers himself British, but he li- comes from Ireland and speaks an Irish accent. Someone else was here. Like, I mean, I consider myself uh, English rather than British, and uh, there was this sort of lull, and then some guy goes, I'm Welsh. And there's another pause, and someone else went, Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Which is harsh. Yeah. Very harsh. Yeah, we don't want to alienate. Welsh people, although there isn't that many of them, and they're not likely to kind of become a strident political force. Because I have to what say, what are they going to do? Have an assembly about it? <laughs> you know, there's nothing more patronising than calling a gathering of politicians supposedly leading a country an assembly. It, it, yeah, it harkens to nothing so much as like primary school children on benches singing "Kumbaya" and fidgeting. To be honest, you do wonder that what the political relative power of the Welsh Assembly and, say, the Eton School Council is in the long run. <laughs> of course, we say this, right? In Wales, they get their prescriptions paid for, they can go to university for free, or at least for less. <laughs> you know, them and Scotland are doing a lot better as, like, yeah. nations than England is. <laughs> so... It's just a bitter rivalry. Yeah. Well, not really a rivalry, which is bitter. <laughs> we wouldn't be we wouldn't be the United Kingdom if all four of the nations had kind of things against each other. No. You know, that's not how... Well, I don't know. Like, the Netherlands now has, I think, four kingdoms that make up the Netherlands. And it's like the Netherlands and then three Caribbean islands that get counted as one kingdom each. Um, and you do think, you know, those Caribbean islands definitely don't get along. Because otherwise, how could they be part of this ridiculous, like, post-colonial kingdom community? 
it just wouldn't work. Well, I mean, it's 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 not like that. We have it's weird. We don't we don't have like a, a pervasive national stereotypes about people from um, is it the Faroe Islands? Uh, or, oh no, the Falklands. Which, uh, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Okay, because I, I read a web comic called Scandinavia in the World, which is all about the pervasive national stereotypes of uh, all the bits of Scandinavia, and there is one okay. about the Faroe Islands. <laughs> the okay. Um. The thing I actually read about the Falklands in the paper this week, and uh, the pervasive national stereotypes apparently in uh, Argentina are that they're basically Argentinians who happened to be conquered by the British, and then some Argentinians went and visited after the war and were just like, they can't be Argentinian. They eat fish and chips. <laughs> like, right, that should be, That's what, that should be what decides which bits of the world belong to Britain. Forget, you know, like the Commonwealth or anything, you know, do they eat fish and chips? Well, in that case, then, the town I'm currently staying in is definitely uh, a, a vassal state of the UK because there is a fish and chip shop. I approve, heartily. So do I. I fully intend to make use of its facilities. Yes. Because, yeah, I guess, like, Australia must have a pretty weird relationship. The Queen's still their Queen, and there's a lot of controversy about, like, they almost became a republic in the 90s and then the kind of royalist or not royalist so much as non-republican sentiment has kind of gone back up since then uh right. you know the queen has kind of brought them back on side or something you know i just you know i think when we're, when i'm talking to americans it's you know there's the revolutionary war and that you know there's that thing that's history between us whereas i'm not sure what australians really feel about us apart from they want to beat us at sport but we want to beat them so it's fair <laughs> um I don't know either. That's, um, that's what you should, should find out. I am the one who should be trying to find out, but I cannot promise anything. I think I'll probably be being distracted by wallabies and iguanas and things. Maybe that's what happens. You know, we're just like, oh, should we try and leave, you know, uh, being ruled by the Queen? And uh, uh, yeah, the Australians yeah, definitely... <laughs> just go, oh, wallabies. That's why, you know, if there is an ever attempt at a proper Republican movement in the United Kingdom, it's just like, unleash the otters! <laughs> Send forth all of the cool animals of Britain! Of which there aren't many, but the ones that we have are, are, are pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, Australia definitely wins. Oh yeah, have I talked to you about the guy who um, came to work when I was um, working in the wine shop? A, a guy visited from like a, a vineyard in Australia and he was working in the shop for a while. And um, he'd uh, he came in one day and was like, I was like, all right, how's it going? He's like, ah, oh, it's fantastic. We spent a spent the weekend in uh, in Castle Park, uh, seeing all the squirrels. I was like, really? <laughs> and that's that's good. I mean, the castle's nice, but the squirrels. And he's like, oh yeah, they're amazing. We like we like feeding them uh, from our hands, and one of them climbed up my leg. It was so cool. I was like, it's a squirrel. It's not, it's not exciting. It's like a rat with delusions of grandeur. And he's like, no, it's amazing. I was like, but, but you come from Australia. You have, like, kangaroos and, and, and crocodiles and things. And he's like, yeah, but, I mean, kangaroos are just dime a dozen back in Australia. Was, this is a squirrel, man. <laughs> like, okay, yes, I accept the cultural relativism, but you have to you have to admit that, objectively speaking, a kangaroo is a more exciting creature than a squirrel. Like, I yeah, certainly yeah, accept so that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that I saw a squirrel eating a full-size slice of white bread as if it were just like a giant piece of bread? It had its hands just like stretched right out and then was lifting up the top edge to its mouth. It was one of the weirdest animal things I've ever seen. It's just like, has it been watching humans? 
Why would you eat it like that, Squirrel? Do you not want to get it muddy? Is you have an aversion to your bread going on the floor? <laughs> also, where did it get a whole slice of bread? I have absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, A, that's a much more sensible way than the way, for instance, ducks eat bread, which is just kind of like attack it with your face. Um, that's how I eat. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say. I was going to wait for you to say. Um, Good. But, I mean, the way a squirrel eats, and I think the reason that squirrels are so like cute is because they, they have quite a lot of the sort of humanising characteristics, like when they stand up on their hind legs. Um, they just look like little furry men. Um but the, the way they eat nuts is, you know, hold it in two hands and nibble on it. And I guess maybe it was treating the bread as like a large, flat nut. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, and it just hadn't sort of got... I mean, folding is quite a complicated concept for an animal, I, I guess. Yeah, do any other animals fold? That's I imagine, you know, some uh, crows probably. Corvids! <laughs> 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 It would, it would be much, I mean, it is, it is a very cute and funny image. It would be much weirder if you'd seen the squirrel... Um, get the piece of bread, disappear into its tree, come out with a small pot of Wilkinson's jam and start spreading it on there, particularly if butter had been involved, and yes. then cut it neatly into, into triangles. Yes, that's true. It would have been <laughs> weird that way. <laughs> There's no way I can deny that. <laughs> um, um, <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> We've both reached that natural lull of just like, yep, our brains are all squirreled out. <laughs> Um, scroll this all away. Um, well, I mean, I probably should sleep at some point. Because yeah, because you're you're ten hours ahead this time. Because you what? Last time I spoke to you across the sea, it was like five hours behind. So it's what, like two o'clock now? Uh, yeah, on the dot. The, the, the problem is I have my laptop still on UK time, so I know like when everyone is at home. Um, right. And my phone is on is on Australian time, and sometimes I forget this. <laughs> Um, also, the problem is my laptop is on a 12-hour clock rather than a 24-one. Ah. So, according to my laptop, it's currently 4, and my phone is currently 2, which is very confusing. It seems quite close together, but it's not. Yeah. I've just been adding 10 hours, and then it's just like, oh, what time is 26 o'clock? Yes, it, it is, it's a difficult one to do. Like, the, the time zone thing was so confusing, because on the flight over, you stop in Singapore, and that's, like, 8 hours ahead, and, ah, uh, it's just... Why can't everywhere be the same time? Well, Greenwich Mean Time, in a way, means that it is. They're just doing it in reference to us. That is true. It's like time plus one. Yeah. All the channels on the digital TV <laughs> of life. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that uh, Australia has like a plus ten buff to time. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't think of it as an advantage. Well, no. Not necessarily. I certainly didn't think so. Because you're really... Anyway. You're in the future. It's, it's February. Exactly. Was, you're in February I mean, and I'm in January. I know. That, that is pretty crazy. I was, I, was letting, I was letting the girlfriend know what Tuesday was going to be like for her. Um, when when I, I'd, I'd finished with Tuesday and she was just beginning with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, my predictions were pretty much entirely wrong. Okay. I won't ask you to predict what uh, my Wednesday, the 1st of February, is going to be like. Well, I haven't had it yet. Yeah, exactly. The couple of hours... Actually, it might be quite oh. accurate prediction. At 2am, you will be awake. <laughs> right. And it will be raining. <laughs> yep, that sounds about 100% spot on. So, yeah. All right, I'll let you sleep. Uh, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure our audience will appreciate just some having some ramblings from us to listen to. 
I well, made I mean, I, I, I wasn't entirely sure whether the plan was to actually put this out at any point, but whatever. Apparently, I actually had some uh, back feeding this week. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Was, no, it doesn't, especially as it was back feeding from someone who I'd previously had back feeding from. Um, uh, the, the one guy in college who seems to listen to our podcast uh, and keeps up to date with it yeah. uh, said they're still listening to it and enjoying it very much. Um, uh, and But uh, when I, uh, I asked him what he thought of the American episode, he gave me a funny look. <laughs> and they uh, commented that the audio quality was maybe not as good as it could have been. Um, <laughs> yeah, you sound better in Australia than you do in the USA. Oh, well, that's good. Perhaps because you're closer, vaguely, to civilization. <laughs> this is nominally true. Um, cultural relativism, again, aside. Um, but I actually forgot to turn off the industrial strength desk fan that I have. Um, so there, there may be, like, a background hum. But if, if I'm better quality now than I was in America, then that, despite the large desk fan, like, six inches away from the microphone, then that is impressive. Yeah. Go edgy, Ryan. Anyway. Anyway. Bye, 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 bye. Speak soon. Bye, 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 bye. See and and, and, and get well. Do the the getting better thing. I will. (laughs) Probably. Bye for now. Bye. G'day, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I'd get it in there once.